This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Central.com. It is Friday morning. This is Sex Talk with John T. Searle and Tamar. This is on radio. This is unscripted. And this is without a doubt uncensored. And we are joined by a really wonderful person to talk about something really, really interesting. Leanne Scott. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's so cool. We haven't had you yet, but we might still. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts and the, the cookie crumbles There we go. It, wasn't, it wasn't even me uh, Good morning You know what, love makes the world go round And not in the way we think it is Because I heard something this week Which really made me think about love And I came to this idea There's a false economy of love We've been given this idea of Of, of love Which actually is nowhere near what it really is Um and there's this incredible illusion. Instead of understanding how real that heart energy is, and I think we've been really confused by putting heart energy in um, heart by energy. calling heart energy love, uh-huh. and they might not exactly be the same thing. Hmm. Which is just an interesting little thing that we are going to explore. You already, yeah, you, you threw us to the deep end of this amazing question. There's no time to fuck around. Okay. Anymore. Well, there is time to fuck around. There's always time There's to fuck around. There's always time to fuck around, but what a wonderful vision of the sky. What is love and what is heart space? Yeah. And it really connects to what we are talking about today, which is infertility. Because I'm really interested to hear your perceptions, because we haven't spoken about this at all. I know that you're an expert in it, or somebody told me you were, so I think you are, and I know that you're smart, so I think, but the interesting thing is, in my experience, and I have worked with people with this issue, a lot comes out of not really loving themselves enough on an emotional point of view, um, and that's one of the blockages, I think, to people often becoming parents. Do you agree with that in principle? I do, actually. I do very much so. So we're going to get more into that. Yes. Which is amazing. <laughs> First and today, this. in the pervy section. In the per- yeah, we need a, um, a mouse that links to this computer, which is this. That's all. Dirty dictionary word. Today's dirty dictionary word is chopsticks. 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 Do you have any idea what chopsticks are? Mm, having sex with a very hot Chinese woman. <laughs> no. Chinese, okay. I have uh, no idea how you got there. Well, but okay. chopsticks. There we go. It's okay. just as simple as amazing okay. Chinese food. Okay. Yeah. Any idea what chopsticks no are? No idea. Okay. You will educate me. We will at the end of the show. If that's called education, hey. So if you know what chopsticks 
are is please WhatsApp us on zero seven nine seven four eight two zero nine zero. We would love to hear. And I want to say thank you, firstly, for all the birthday wishes that I got from our listeners. They were so appreciated and mm. really cool. And it's amazing. You know, we sit here and we talk and people around the world listen to us. And I love that. Thanks, you guys. I love the the reach that we have. And I love your messages and your emails and your questions. And it's so cool to be able to share with everybody. It's um, true. And I love it when our listeners come to a workshop, when they come and do some healing and some growing, because we can make a difference in our world by making a difference in ourselves. True that. And I love that. And if you create a happier relationship for yourself, you are going to create more happiness in the world. You have more happiness for your kids, for your family. Absolutely. And we each one of us, somebody said the other day, it was something about, I don't know what my responsibility in life is. And I thought your responsibility is to be human. And that means being the most human you can be. Love it. Wow. You know, uh, Tom Chi talks about the purpose of life. And he says the purpose of life is to further life. Full stop. Which made me think, what are you bringing to further life? How much of your heart are you bringing? How much of your soul? How much growth? And this is not about being like this illusion of, of being perfect and everything in your life works. Somebody came to see me a while ago and they were looking for, this is an important step on our journey to enlightenment. Mm. And I thought, like enlightenment, youth in in their perception was this place they got to and then everything in life is, you don't get angry anymore when you're enlightened. And everything works and you have everything you want. Bullshit. Yes. You don't. You still get angry because you're human. You deal with it differently. And you see it differently And you mm. can be different mm-hmm. But you still get frustrated When you walk into Willie's And you can't find what you want For the recipe that you are making And all the other stuff yeah, Of we being get, human uh, We get so distracted So On the 14th So it's important to just mention it Because your teachings Can reach so many more people That are listening to us if they join the webinar I forgot about that On the 14th yeah. I'm doing a free webinar On how to create The most amazing relationship I'm, I'm already signed in So it's all on, on Facebook It's all there So go to the link And you can register For the webinar For free Free 99 Absolutely mm-hmm. Which is fantastic Cool How did you get to be an expert? <laughs> did you buy Did you buy your title? Yeah. Did you do 10,000 10, hours? I wish it was so easy <laughs> Okay. Why did this interest you? So, um, as a homeopath, I deal with lots of different medical conditions, but why it interested me was, um, through personal experience, Mm. really. Mm. I was a young teen and had, you know, what most teens have, skin issues, and that was put on the pill from a very young age. And when I started studying, I realized that, you know, it wasn't necessarily what I really needed or what I, you know, what I thought was potentially normal. And so when I came off the pill, I I realized that there were a whole lot of other issues that had been unraveled in that Ah. process. And so, you know, to cut a long story short, because we've only got an hour, um, we, uh, I, I saw a, a gynae at the time. I was just studying and I, um, had polycystic ovarian syndrome and all sorts of other things. Wow. And,
and she had said to me, look, it's going to be quite tricky for you to fall pregnant. You might need help later, if at all, you know, you'll be able to fall pregnant. So that was quite a shock as a young 20-something-year-old. Absolutely. And so that started my kind of passion into learning about hormones. And um, I worked with a really phenomenal um, homeopath who, who helped me along my journey of finding my passion. And so... Um, it's been, it's been a good few years now of working in the field and I would never be able to say I'm an expert because I think the field is changing so much so quickly and it's such a new field that, uh, that you just learn every day, really. Hmm. Yeah. You know, Esther Peril is, um, somebody I refer to a lot and and learn a lot from. Yes. And she says something amazing about relationships in a talk once. She said there are no experts on relationship. Yes. There are simply people who have thought about it more than you. And yes. I feel the same often with yes. what I do, that I've thought about things a lot more than other people. But every day is this amazing learning experience. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. what's so beautiful. So let's talk a little bit about because this is a really big topic, actually, mm. and there are so many aspects to it. Yes. And as I'm kind of saying that, you know, Bruce Lipton's idea of, of, of patterns and beliefs come to mind. And I know that I have done work with some, with some people with this, men and women. Um, and so much of that from an emotional point of view has come down to emotional beliefs that they have, that they're not good enough to be a parent, for yes. example. And when you clear that out the way, then their body does exactly what it kind of knows how to do. But let's talk first about what the body, what happens in the body that blocks fertility. So oh, there's so many different things. And, yeah. the, sure. you know, um, the thing that I love about, about my, my particular profession in this, in the, the realm of infertility is the fact that no person presents in the same way. Mm. So we all get a diagnosis. We can all be, you know, say that we've got a cold, but how it actually affects us is very individualized. And the reasons for the cold, yes, you know, 100%. why did that cold come about? Yeah, 100%. Mm. So, so in, in my field, what's lovely is that we can, we can look at how it works for every person. So, you know, as a, as an overall, you know, when we look at fertility, the stats show that uh, a third of fertility cases or infertility cases are based on female-based issues. Mm-hmm. A third are male-based, and then the, the last third are actually a combination. The <laughs> yes, the com- and the pets <laughs> or the other children. The combination. <laughs> the combination. What does the combination mean? Meaning male and female problems okay. together. So, and then within those those particular areas, we've got structural problems that can create issues and functional problems. So. What I deal with a lot is the functional um, issues around uh, surrounding fertility issues. So that would be all the hormonal imbalances and a, and a lot of the structural conditions like fibroids and endometriosis actually start at a hormonal dysfunctional level first. Yeah. yeah. So first comes the chemistry. Yes. And then the body. And then the Whatever structure. the body's doing is a result of, of, of the chemistry. Yes. So you 100%. can try and treat the symptoms, but actually if you're not going to get to the hormone balance imbalance. Yeah. That's going to resolve. Yeah. And, and that's then why it's what causes the hormone balance. Yes. And I think that's more kind of the emotional and the energy yes. stuff. A hundred percent. So a lot of what I deal with actually, uh, from a, and you can, you, you know, everyone seems to think that the, you know, emotional stuff is so in your head and it's, mm. 
it's ethereal. It's this thing that you, it's not tangible necessarily, mm. but it does affect the hormone. So the one hormone we know that creates such havoc in the system is the balance of or the imbalance of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Mm. Yeah. So that as a very core issue can affect and does definitely affect the rest of the hormonal patterning. Mm. And cortisol is so connected to stress. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. for burning out. Yes, a hundred percent. So there are, so there's new research. I mean, I say new about five years old of, um, of stress hormones being a huge playing a huge role in fertility and and they've started to do a lot of research around um a type women particularly mm. uh and and that there is such a correlation between a type women and endometriosis as an example because yeah, of that cortisol that wow. you know drive to do well and exceed in life and so incredible good. expectations that are put on us um so does the expectation that women need to be mothers form a big part of this? So I've worked with a lot of women over the years. Probably 70% of people that I work with are women. And there are a lot of discussions that come up that are about this. It's not that they don't love their children, and it's not that they don't want to be mothers. They never realize the choice that they actually had in being a mother uh-huh. and yes. doing it when they were more ready to do it and the way that they were more ready to do it. But this incredible social expectation of that this is how it has to be. A hundred percent. I think a lot of, um, a lot of the conversation in, in certainly in my practice, uh, a lot of the mom or the, the women that are, that are wanting to be moms will say they avoid social circumstances and, and surroundings, you know, going to parties and family events essentially because everyone has this expectation of when is the baby coming and, you know, why are you not pregnant yet? And, and it's such a personal journey and it's such a big topic that, that I think that people tend to just fly under the radar really and they mm. try to avoid it in so many ways because there's so much of a link between your feelings of, you know, your worth and being a woman and that being a woman means that you should be able to pregnant, be a perfect, yeah. you know, or, pregnant and a perfect mom and be yes. able to fall pregnant at the drop of a hat. And, you know, there's so many expectations mm. that we as a society put on women and men actually for that matter. Yeah, so it's, it, it's such a minefield for, for women. And I think people going through fertility, you know, I've had conversations so many times, even in this last week of, of women saying, you know, they just avoid, avoid the, they avoid it completely. There's just, because it's, because unless you've been through that and unless you've made that conscious decision or unless you, you've struggled, you don't really understand that implication of, of that, just that one sentence, you know, when is the baby coming? That is a hugely, you know, charged sentence to a woman. It strikes me so deeply because I'm thinking of me as a teenager, Already having expectations, we start from blame, you know, shame and guilt mm. of, are you dating or do you have a, you know, why do you have a boyfriend so early? And then it it goes to, okay, when is the, you know, when is the permanent relationship coming? And then I remember as me having mis, well, abortions, the judgment from my family, my own family, that I said to them, look, it was a, you know, it was a an honest mistake. I'm going to take care of it now. Like, and we come from a very atheist family, but the, you know, what what judgment comes and then. I became, you know, I hit 30 and when, when is the, ch- when is the, when are, when are the children coming, mm. you know? And then I said, no, I don't want to have children. Every event, every family event, so much pressure. Luckily, I'm surrounded by amazing people. 
that helped me to, you know, to have a, a great understanding of who I am and help me to reflect who I want to be. Mm. But it's not always the case. And there's so much pressure. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's a huge thing. Um. Yes. And I think a lot of it is also in the in the age of where um, where even parenting children is such a minefield. You know, there's so many different t- ways to parent your children, and everyone's got a judgment about how you do things mm. in life in general. You know, it's just filled with so much judgment. So you know, your choice to not have children, or your choice to have children, or your cho- choice to have one child. You know, that is is all all you know filled with with judgment, and so it's. It, unless you're quite strong in your belief system And I, mm. it can shake someone It can definitely shake a person Yeah, You know, as you're saying that I think about <clears throat> when people think about having a child And people start talking to them about So where are you going to send the child to school? And are you going to save, you know, start saving for university And all of this stuff And all of that is pressure And, you know, like the cost of education And can you have more than one child Because can you afford to do all this stuff And it's just so much pressure Absolutely And time becomes such an issue Because I work with, with um, You know Sharon Marseille very well Yes And I've been working with Sharon For, for about 15 years Teaching um, perineal massage and things And we always say to people If you can't make time in your relationship For each other before a baby is born How do you think you're going to make time Afterwards Yeah And because time in our world has become so difficult because of the immediacy of things, until we shift that perspective, it becomes incredibly difficult. It really does. And all of that creates that stress that you were talking about. Yes. And it brings that hormone on. So your body says, okay, I'm not going to create the space for you to become pregnant. And I often pose that question to uh, the women in my practice, especially the the women that really have demanding lives Mm. of when do you make the space for the baby? When do you make the space for your relationship? When do you make that? Because when the baby arrives, that's not the time to be, you know, planning the space Mm. that needs to be already in your life. Mm. It's a very difficult thing to make, you know, having a baby is such a life-changing and altering event. I mm. mean, we all know, you know, we, we're speaking to Sharon and dealing with, you know, all of that. It, it it's such a big shift that to have to deal with trying to make the space in your life already then on top of all mm. of that is such an overwhelming feat and I think that's when when moms really it takes its toll because moms really st- struggle going back to work. You know, we didn't make the space beforehand in terms of our jobs and in terms of our lives. And now we've got to, you know, fit this child into it. Mm. And it's really very tricky. Yeah, I get that. And I was a single parent from the time my daughter was four. And I've been fortunate in that I did work for myself and I was able to work from home for a lot of that time. And that made it. So much easier But a lot of people today Are single parents More than ever Yes And that makes it Even harder It really does And I think You know As A-type people um, You know If if you look at An A-type personality You know Everything that they've Achieved in their life Has been because of hard work Mm. And if if you needed something Or you wanted something Or you wanted an education Or whatever You made it happen Mm. And I think It's it's such a it's such a tricky thing because for particularly for those people, um, uh, it's so it's such a tricky thing to say. Okay, well now let's step back for a minute, 
and let's just breathe and let's not try and fix it because you've been trying to fix it and it hasn't necessarily been working out well for you. So let's just find the space to just go into that and become, you know, in touch with your, you know, get in touch with your own self again just and your womanliness. Jonty talks about it quite a lot. Just yes. to be not to do all the time. Yes. Mm. Yeah. What does it mean? Because a child, you will force yourself upon the child. And the child will actually fight back. So, but that, yes. let, let's take it back a little bit. So, so people come to you in what stage? Do they usually have children or do they, it's usually the first pregnancy? Um, yes, most of my, uh, most of my patients are, are either patients that have heard about me that want to do it in a natural, in, that, you know, have, have kind of an, have an inclination that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't necessarily done any testing yet and they just want to figure it all out to see if there is an issue or, and, and some people just come saying, I want to, you know, in the next year or so, I'm looking at having two kids, but I want to balance my hormones first. A lot of my patient base actually are, have already got a diagnosis of some form, a polycystic ovarian syndrome or an endometriosis. A lot of them have done processes already, um, so a lot of so it's a bit of a mixed bag really mm-hmm. um a lot of the men are also in that you know the women drag the men along and they sit there with long teeth because it's quite a long process um and uh and a lot of the men are quite surprised how much of the fertility stuff lands on them actually well that's interesting because all the research is showing that sperm counts are, are, are lowering. Hugely. That men are much less fertile than they ever were. Hugely. Um, so an enormous part of this is a man. And for a lot of men to admit this is enormous. Yeah. Yes. That, that mm-hmm. the problem is coming from, mm-hmm. from them. Um, yes. Is that something that you find that men are incredibly resistant to? You know, you know, a lot of my, um, my consultation is education based. Mm. So, you know, once I've done all the need, you know, the information of, you know, getting the case and all of that, I spend a lot of time explaining, you know, what the hormones do and how they affect people and, you know, a, a, a female cycle and a male cycle and what goes wrong in that process. And, um, and once, once I've explained it, 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 you know, men kind of take me a little bit more seriously, I suppose, in the fact that they do have a little bit more. They like the information. (laughs) Yes, they definitely like the information. But what's interesting is, I mean, if we see, if we look at just the data of, um, doing a sperm test, the, the morphology, uh, the morphology percentages of a, of a sperm test, an average sperm test has dropped in the last 10 years from 15% down to 5%. Wow. So that's we can, enormous, that's probably. a huge thing. And, and I, and I think it's partly the reason why there is such an up, um, an up, I would say an upstream of, um, oh, that's not the right word. There's, there's more couples going for IVFs because, you know, with, with limited sperm and limited morphology, you have to have a process. It's, it's quite, it's quite rare to, to have, you know, a fit, an infertility case, a successful case with sperm levels with a 4% morphology. Mm. So, um, and, and I think that's why artificial and uh, artificial insemination IVFs are so much more popular now because the, a lot of the process is actually male fertility as well. Mm. We spoke a little bit about 
lifestyle and the impact of stress on that. What is the impact of diet? Oh, hugely. So I, uh, I always talk, tell my patients about diet change. I always get their lifestyle and, you know, all the information about their lifestyle. And, um, there are a few things that are really quite a Pertinent. The first is it is definitely individualized. So, but we do know that there's certain foods and certain lifestyle things that will trigger that stress response above and beyond the actual stress. Mm -hmm. So things like coffee, as an example, is a stimulant. So anything that's going to be a stimulant is going to trigger that hormone. And if that hormone is already flaring and active, Mm -hmm. it's a very easy slippery slope. Mm. So sugar and um, yeah, caffeine. Don't mess with coffee too much. No. <laughs> I'm a coffee lover, but I have to say, everything it else love is us. off the table. <laughs> don't mess with coffee. I always said when I was still practicing naturopathy, moderation. So you know, one yeah. cup of coffee, maybe two. But you know, yeah. if you really want that baby. That's it. Then you yeah. have to make some, even for a while, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean you're never going to have coffee Well, that's again. exactly it. It's yeah. just once, once, once you have a pathology and once there is a problem, you do need to be a little bit more strict on mm. those things yeah. because they will make the biggest difference. Yeah. In fact, you know, I say like people eat three times a day at least. Mm. And if they're eating the right foods versus the wrong foods, it's making a huge impact. Yeah. And then part of that comes down to how much people really do want to change something. Exactly yeah. right. Or do they want a quick yeah. fix? Exactly yeah. right. What are the other foods that, that have impact? I'm presuming alcohol has a huge impact. Yes. So, so, so it's a stimulant. So there will mm. be the alcohol, cigarette smoking from a, from a genetic and from a, um, from a sperm quality and an egg quality point of mm. view. Smoking is a big deal. Uh, so the sugar, Interestingly enough, wheat-based carbs is also a trigger. Yeah. Um, and the research is, there's, there's a few schools of thought. The one school is that, you know, when wheat is digested, uh, it becomes a form of a sugar, so it work, turns into that. The other, the other side of the, of the research shows that, you know, with wheat-based products, there's a lot of pesticides in terms of the crop growth. Mm. And, and the pesticides can actually react and become hormone disruptors in the body. So there's those two sides of the coin, but so we kind of cut out as much wheat as possible as what we can. It's not to say that it needs to be carb-free or, you know, banting or, you know, anything extreme, but it definitely in terms of the white breads and all of those kinds mm. of things. And then, uh, sugar, wheat, and coffee are the big three. If there is an autoimmune thing like a thyroid condition, which is also a new field in, in fertility, is the, the, the secondary effects of hormones. So mm-hmm. we're picking up a lot more autoimmune, like Hashimoto's and um, all, all sorts of rheumatoid arthritis and things that are also affecting fertility. Then we often cut out other products like dairy can be a big one. Also dairy for the same reasons as, you know, the cows and all sorts of dairy has mm-hmm. a lot more. Dairy is hormone. correlated also to arthritis. Oh, uh, yes. It's one of the... the well, there's a suspicion that it's correlated to the autoimmune. That's what triggers the autoimmune. So when people go to um, holistic or integrative medicine uh, route, which is more preventative and more actually helping with lifestyle, you have to understand there's such a cycle. It's not starting and ending with taking a medic mm-hmm. a pill. It's It actually goes to the source. And then, like Leanne said, it goes to such an interesting thing that maybe you're suffering now, you're in station D. But station A that correlates to B and C mm. are also important. Yes. Yeah. And then you sometimes find yourself restricting your patient, but doesn't matter what really was the problem. It, the issue is that it's resolving. So 
even if you're not always going to get to the maybe the reason you don't know if it was the wheat or it was the dairy but you you need to get results in the next two months three months you're going to have to do a little bit of radical uh, you know changes plus natural medicine or let's say integ- integrative and more holistic this was the you know more convention conventional medicine but not anymore um is it takes more time people want in three days results yeah yes. and we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier and then we got interrupted by tomorrow which is kind of the norm <laughs> sorry <tomorrow>. absolutely <laughs> but it's very sorry not sorry <laughs> no you're not and i love you for it um which was very much the idea of um, no, I totally lost what I was going to say. I think you, you kind of you brought on quick self. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 this model that we've been given of the fact that it's an external that's going to fix you, and not changing something within yourself. Mm. Yes. And this kind of medical model, which is totally about control, that somebody else is going to fix you. And I was listening to a, a talk by Bruce Lipton this past week. Um, and I can actually find this one, so I can oh, put lovely. it as a resource because okay. it's on my computer. Um, and it was about how our thoughts impact on the world. But he was talking about how his journey began when he was um, a biologist researching stem cells and why stem cells were so important. And he was teaching this to medical students and realized the story that medical students get and that they pass on to their patients is very much this idea that I'm going to fix you. Mm. And you're not going to do it yourself because uh-huh. you can't. Yes. And the fact that we all within us have the power to change so much. That's right. I think you know. I see it a lot. You know, when I'm when I'm monitoring hormonal changes, um, we what we what we see a lot is when the hormones change, um, people go, "Wow, you know, I didn't believe that it would actually happen." And I think. Mm. You know, you did all the right things. You you took the advice. You you changed your life. You know, no one sat with you at every meal time and said, "Oh, don't eat this," or "Don't have your cup of coffee," or you know, that was you. And and it's interesting that we, when I explain hormones, I always talk about what's going on and why they work and what happens at this part of the cycle. Why do we test at that part of the cycle? And it's so funny. They become so um, the knowledge base just expands to this level of questioning so when it comes to taking that information back to you know if someone needs an IVF or needs a process happy, done um, they ha- they're they so much wiser to what the levels need to be what they need to do to fix it what you know what they have mm. done and they take their power back a lot of the time they take their power back well that's mm. what knowledge is when people say that knowledge is power we don't realize what that actually does mean yes but you have to actually apply it and you actually have to to do something with it you know because people come and see me and they look for this change in their life and in their sex and in their relationship and I say I'm not going to do anything you're going to do it all I'm going to give you the tools I'm going to help you I'm going to give you some insight I'm going to move some energy out the way but you're the ones going to do the work because nobody else can 100% and you want a great relationship you're going to create it and here are the tools to do it yes you want to be a parent here are the tools to do it 
A hundred percent. And when, when moms bring their babies back to show me or, you know, we have a cup of tea, they, uh, it's so, it's so lovely to see because all of those changes then, then kind of bleed into their parenting mm. and the choices that they make for their children are so thought, thought out and every decision that they make about those kids is so serious and so thoughtful because they struggled and because they had to make such drastic lifestyle, you know, changes. Oftentimes not, but you know, you, when you had a struggle, you, your, your, your parenting is a serious thing. It's not yeah. just unconscious parenting of, you know, how your parents raised you. So you'll do the same. Yeah. It's very particular. And so the payoff for that is really great family dynamics after yeah. that. That's interesting, you know, of how much, um, of our patterns we can change, but there's something more than that, that what, when people go through an experience like this, they have to become more in touch with themselves. And I saw this week in a way that brought me to a depth of emotion that I haven't experienced in a long time. So I haven't really shared this with anybody beyond my lover and my friend Christos. So I've been working with a guy who had his bladder removed due to cancer. Mm. And um, he's been through a lot and is now on a journey that is the most incredible path of spiritual awakening that was triggered by this simply because he realized that he had to live his life differently. And it's triggered a journey that has been phenomenal. And I've been working with a gay man who was raped as a 15-year-old and is done the most phenomenal healing to change his life. And I look at these and other people and I see nobody should have to go through those experiences. If you do, and so many of us in life do, the possibility that's there to change ourselves is enormous if we can see it in that way. And these journeys have been getting about, have been about getting more in touch with themselves. And it's been said that all healing is about connection, connecting with parts of us that we've been disconnected from, that we've been separated from. And on one day this week, I saw both of these men. Mm. And I spoke to them and I took them through a certain process And I spoke to them about how we start out with this being separate from us mm. And slowly it becomes a part of us And at that moment I had to pause And I had to just kind of hold some things together for a few minutes To end this one session And at the end of that I just burst into tears and sat there in the next hour With the most incredible tears of there is no separation. We are all one on this. And I think so much healing comes when we can see that, that when there's a struggle like this, when somebody has this kind of problem, it separates them from themselves yes. because of the judgment around it. And at the very beginning of this, I said the heart is the key, that if you loved yourself more and we are not taught to love ourselves, because if we did, our world would be such a different place. And the choices we made and how we live would be so different in the kind of relationships that we have and the jobs that we do and how we have children and why and how we bring them up would be so different. And for me, that's kind of the key in so much of this. It's like get into your heart and then so much can change from that. Thanks for sharing. That was really beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. And so much of it comes down to that. Then you start looking at your body and saying, okay, so what do I need to do to change that? Mm. Yes. 
and then all the work you do has a context and a place and that's going to make it work as opposed to going from one person to the next to the next because that's what so many people do. They'll see you, they'll go to a gynae, they'll go to this, they'll go to an acupuncturist, they'll go to this person. But it just shows the things that people will do. Well, when you're desperate, you sometimes want to do everything to give somebody else your power. Instead of turning it inwards. Inwards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such an interesting thing when I say to, to, you know, you know, more often than not, you know, someone who's been trying to have a baby for so long, it's, you know, I often get women at the end of the road, you know, who've done everything and, you know, it's, it, they're exhausted. They're exhausted. They're, you know, emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted. Their bodies, are, it's taken a toll on their bodies. And it's often interesting when I say, I, I'll say, you know, what if I could, what if I could guarantee you that you would have a baby in a year? If I could guarantee you, which obviously you can't, mm. if I could guarantee you, what would shift? In your body right now What would shift in your mind space right now And 99% of the time They would go well I would just relax I would just relax into the process And just the knowing That at the end of this I will have my baby Just Mm. that knowing is enough and it's such an interest, but it's such an interesting process because then you're able to see that polarization of mm. just being able to sink into that feeling of okay, well, you know, this is you know, this is inevitable compared to let me just hold on to any straw that gets thrown my way or any possibility of hope. Let me just hold on with both hands and grip it as, mm. as hard as I can. Mm. And it's, it's such a, it's such a, it's, it's such an emotional process to be able to say, okay, so we, you know, this is the end goal. This is the, let's settle that for a minute and let's focus on you. So, you know, the, the baby is the end result of this. And, you know, I'm always focused. My eyes always on that prize, but you know, before we get there, we have to f- fix you and we have to work with you and you know you have to have that shift and that's where it starts mm. yeah and that they've already given you the answer and mm-hmm. as soon as they can really relax everything's going to happen there is a bridge and, that, yeah. and that's the key as soon as mm. you can relax everything is going to happen but that's the bridge between the knowing and the desire, it's a trust. Mm. So you can't know anything in life. We can really, we can die tomorrow. We can die today. Nothing is guaranteed. So if you can maybe work, what it sounds like what you're doing with them is building that trust bridge. I trust that I'm going to have a baby. I trust that if I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to try as, as you know, I'm going to try. But one of the important things is to trust. And trust is not to do effort and not to stress. It's to relax into the knowing that I know what I want. Now I can relax into it. And I, I can just imagine the tension in the couple. Cause obviously we look at it from a sexual mm. kind of, you know, kind of a spectrum. We think, wow, when sex becomes a task. Yes. So for, for me, it's just super interesting yeah. from kind of the stories I've heard. It becomes sometimes even, uh, okay, we need to have sex today at three o'clock. Then I'm ovulating. And, you know, it really 
what, what does it do? What do you see in your practice? Yeah. Oh, it's a, you know, so, so just on that one little note, yeah. you know, I, I, I once said, said exactly that to a patient and she said, you know, if one more person tells me I need to relax, I'm going to punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but that's normal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and, and, and as much as that is the, you know, when cortisol drops and all of those hormones kick in, yes, that's the process. And yes, in, 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 in truth, that is what's needed in so many ways. To get there is such mm. a big deal, and 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 I think a lot of women, uh, because of the A type personality, you know, as as a secondary thing, it's difficult to just relax. And sometimes there are processes that have happened or that have you know gotten beyond that, where now there is pathology, and that pathology mm. has to be worked on. Mm. And um and so there's so there's a lot of that, but it's such a it's such a tricky thing because a lot of women. And a lot of men even, you know, as much as they know that stress is a, is a, is a, it has a big influence, they don't really understand the implications of that on a daily day to day basis yeah. and how that actually Im- implicates all those hormonal pathways. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so there's, so there's a lot of that. But on top of that, you were mentioning the sex, um, the sex story is that when when your stress hormones are so high, the last thing you you wanting to do is to have sex. And now you have to do it on a timing system and now you've got to make sure that you're ovulating and, you know, and then my husband came home late and he's not tired and now, you know, it really is a bit of an effort and then it becomes every month the same thing and then it becomes, well, let's not have sex on this day when I actually felt like I wanted to have sex. Let's rather postpone it till tomorrow when I'm actually ovulating. And, you know, it does become a task. It becomes we take away that that sense of womanliness and you know female based you know need to this job that has to happen mm-hmm. to and have the baby. Spontaneity and, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people that I've worked with this, one of the things that I do and teach is called a Taoist sexual energy massage. And it comes from from the Chinese health model, which balances the entire meridian system in the body. And it's been such a powerful tool. And it's not the only thing that's going to change this. I need to be really clear on this. Because mm-hmm. it's a really, as we've been hearing you talk, it's such a complex issue. And there are so many different elements. But one of the things that this massage does, firstly, it works with sexual energy, but keeping sexual energy in the body. Second thing it does, it's deeply relaxing which creates that space of intimacy mm. and it becomes a really powerful tool in helping that. So one of the things I think that a lot of, of um, how to say this without getting shot down for anything, <laughs> if this were included in a broader spectrum of therapy and treatment and help, sure. it would be able to contribute enormously to that. And I think a lot of that just comes from people being willing to open their perception and to see that there are so many different ways and tools that can add to this. And I think it's a path that from that a lot of people don't consider as being a part of their um, of a route to, to helping this issue. Yes. Um, and it's a huge thing because one of the biggest things that it does is it relaxes you. Yes. So it, never mind saying to somebody, just relax because it is <laughs> in that space. It's the worst thing you can say to someone. Absolutely. But if there's a tool to help you be more relaxed on Aha. a deeper level, that's where it becomes, I think, something that's vital. Yes. And you're absolutely right. But the impact on a relationship of this is enormous. 
and it creates such disconnect and separation. And often it leads to incredible blame. Blame, yeah. Yeah. Because this is your fault and we didn't do this mm. right. And, was, and the pressure that that creates and everything just goes back into the stress cycle. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So as soon as, again, you can relax, it's going to be so much easier. Um, but again, it's the so learning to relax. And this is where people need the tools to relax, not to say relax. Yes. Yeah. In a way, you know, if there was a, Jonty talks about this often, if there was a center <laughs> for a few tools to learn together, you know, to have a homeopath and to have a conscious sexuality therapist and to have a, a good nutritionist, because you, it sounds like you're doing a few roles, Leanne. Let's be <laughs> honest here. And I'm glad you can, but no, a lot of people can't facilitate that space of, first of all, understanding where people are at, helping them to accommodate the process. Patience. You explain also all the, let's call it more, the database or evidence base or what is your experience. And then you start a process of giving them tools of all of the above. That sounds like a lot of, a lot of responsibility. And I, I know from trying to be a naturopath that I studied and I set in a practice, it was very, very demanding. And I couldn't, I felt like I can't facilitate. You need like to really hold that space and also to, you need to give them tips about nutrition and then the home, homeopathy, which is a whole thing. So maybe for our listeners, they don't really know what homeopathy really works with. Maybe you can give a few words around that because for some people, they don't understand how profound it is or how amazing it is. Oh, way to start. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I have been doing these, uh, this, uh, these courses with this really wonderful, uh, homeopath from India. And, you know, we call him our guru. He's just really incredible. And, um, he was, we were having a conversation over the weekend. He was out from India and we were having this conversation and he said, you know, um, I've also, I've, I've only got one child. And I said, yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> yeah. and he said, um, and you know, the reason I do is because I'm not just a father to him. I'm a father to many. Oh, and, and I, it really took me back because I think, you know, it is, it is that it is, you know, it is a, it is a calling and it is a profession and I love every minute of it and it is hard work and it's emotionally hard for many reasons. But what I love about it is that, the profound healing you get and the, and the changes you get, um, just by knowing your tools and working with them correctly is just incredible. We just take so much power away from the healing nature of the body, you know? Mm. So, um, so homeopathy has been around since, oh goodness, the 1700s and it was, it was, um, Developed by a German physician who was an allopathic, which is a conventional medical doctor of the time. And he uh, was quite disconcerted about the, his medical profession. And he also used to, in his spare time, translate medical texts um, into different languages. He was fluent in, I think, 11 different languages. Hmm. And um, he developed this mode of therapy or mode of, of, of treating patients. And it was based on... You know, firstly, getting a full case. So knowing that each person experiences disease in a different way. So if all three of us 
caught a virus, as an example, and we knew it was a cold virus, the way it would affect us is very particular. So, you know, Jonty might get a sore throat and it might be, you know, on the left side. And if I look at his throat, it might be a swollen, inflamed, purple-looking tonsil on the left. And tomorrow you might have it on the right side and it might feel a little bit more burny and it might go into your ear and I might have it and it goes straight into my chest and I develop a particular type of cough. Mm. So the virus is the same. But how we experience it and how our body's made up is very different. Mm. And so the homeopathic medicines are working on how your body experiences that particular thing. So I'm interested in the fact that it's a cold virus, obviously, mm. but I'm more interested in how it's affecting you and Jonty and me. And what are our tendencies? What are our weak spots? Where will it always go to my chest every mm. time? Have I got a weak chest? Is it because my parents smoked? Uh, you know, is it because my mom smoked through a pregnancy? Is it because my great grandfather had TB? You know, is there a genetic link to that? What is the root cause of that? So we take a lot of that into account. The context is absolutely vital. That's the most important part. Mm. And then we also take into, into context, you know, and especially with fertility, the emotional side of things. So, you know, some women may not experience grief in the same way as someone else does. And if a woman has had a miscarriage or a series of miscarriages, she might experience different emotions to what I would call grief or what you would call grief mm. or, you know. So all of those things that come into consideration. Come into consideration. Because our perception actually is the power of the event, not the event itself. Exactly How right. How we see it mm. is the power. Exactly right. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. It's yeah. a pleasure. And then it yeah. goes on and on. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It, and in, in truth, I mean, homeopathy, the roots of it are way before the 1700s because it's based on plants, it's based on naturals, yes. which has Hippocrates. been around for forever, as yes. long as we've been doing healing in, in, you know, whatever way. I mean, there was a thing came up on my Facebook feed. It's not the first time that there's an Amazonian tribe that have created this, I think it was 500 or 5,000 page um, book of all of the plants that they use for healing and the way that they use them. It's amazing. And, and that's just been carried down for who knows how many generations. And in truth, a lot of allopathic medications come from, from the mm. same sources. That's you true. Know? Even yeah. if depression medication comes from, from, from plants, yeah. you know, this is uh, even chemotherapy is coming from a turmeric and so on. So there's, there's endless amounts mm. of correlation. We just, Made it synthetic mm. and made money out of it. I'll hold my tongue. <laughs> yes, please. We're, you're already in trouble. <laughs> no. With difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to awesome. say there is a definite place for it. I mean, it's, it's certainly in my field, I see that, you know, IVF, there's such a place for IVF. Yeah. I don't think it's for everything, everyone. And I mm. think once the hormones are, are balanced and everything works behind the scenes, IVFs can be incredibly successful. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So, there's no question. And to, to disregard the, the information and the knowledge and the technology would be absolutely absurd. Absolutely. But it's not everything. And for me personally, and I'm sure you agree with this, we really wish people would take another route first. First, yes. No question, because I think it would make an enormous difference. Yes. Okay. Where do people get hold of you? Where do they find more information? 
So I am in uh, practice in Randburg, in Johannesburg. Um, uh, Google is a wonderful tool, so they can just Google me. Spell your name because uh, it's not spelt oh. conventionally. <laughs> my, my the spelling of my of my name Leanne is L E A N N E, and my surname is Scott, so that's pretty conventional. With one or two T's. Oh, two. <laughs> and um, and you can you can Google me by name, or you can also look at um, Nurture Life, which is the 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 name of the office. So Nurture Life. And then um, if you're not in Johannesburg or if you're looking for a homeopath, there's a lovely uh, website called uh, the Homeopathic Association of South Africa with all registered homeopaths. I think that's one thing I should mention is that, you know, homeopaths, the training of homeopathy is is quite intense. It's a six-year full-time degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all most homeopaths are registered on um, the Homeopathic Association's website. So if you're looking for a registered, well-trained homeopath, you can go on to www.hsa.org.za. Yeah. And I've got list. all that, so it's cool. going to be on our podcast page and uh, in the notes. Cool. Chopsticks. <laughs> Asian Chopsticks. hot chick. Still, I'm I'm for that. You <laughs> no. have to get your mind Eating away. Eating sushi off I someone's body. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want to get that's my called, mind from the guts. That's called Nieto Mori. <laughs> oh, well, oh, there wow. we go. There we go. See? Sure, so your knowledge we've, base. We've had that before as a oh, dirty okay. dick. And we've done it. Come on. <laughs> we've done that on so many events. That is so true. So... That's that's why we know it so mm. well. So chop, you have to get your mind away from women into okay into men. men. Uh-huh. So chopsticks are two men who are touching themselves at the same time with each other, in very close proximity and creating this kind of beautiful dance of cocks. The end is shocked. Her right. face wasn't that's prepared. What chopsticks. No, oh, not at you all. See. Okay, there wonderful. I think you guys should really <laughs> think of uh, collaborating to make some workshops around. Um, how do you really get tools for relaxation to help fertility and to help infertility? Actually, people that are struggling. It sounds like there's such synergies. It'd be amazing because I'd love to share. Uh, that's that's my wonderful. Thing, so, uh, we'll chat. Really yeah, we'll, we'll chat, chat afterwards. Yeah, if you'd return a message, <laughs> then it would be good. Good start. <laughs> Johnny, she's busy. I, I haven't had every message. Yeah, yeah, a day or two later. A day, a day or two. <laughs> Anyway, in my mind, I returned it <laughs> yes. immediately. In my mind. So we have an issue because, you know, everything happens in the mind. We get that. But there's a difference between the mind and pushing the button on the cell phone because the button of the cell phone brings the message yes, to that's physical the task being. I actually need to practice. Yes, there we go. So um, we have some really cool stuff coming up, which is on Wednesday is the webinar. So go to Facebook and you can register there for free. Um, on the Tuesday, the 20th, we are doing water flow massage, which is it's just deepening and expanding into this experience of such <gasps> relaxation. Mm-hmm. And peace and healing And this would be such a cool opportunity To invite you and your partner If you would like Wonderful. to come then on the 20th Lovely. And we will tell you what it involves Because it's a bit of a mind stretch <laughs> But it's really awesome And I have so enjoyed this discussion Thank you for being here Thank you It really is so exciting and wonderful Ha! Huh. Can you maybe give a little preview To just what's going to be on the webinar Just one minute 
Because it's, it's super exciting that people around the world can see you and okay. learn. So it's very much about creating intimacy in your relationship. Okay. So a lot of people come and see me because they say we're not having enough sex and we're not connecting. The problem is not the sex because the sex by itself is easy to have. Whether it's good or great or fulfilling or whatever is irrelevant. The sex is easy. The intimacy is not because we have no education for intimacy. We have no education for relationship and we don't get the tools for it. Mm. So we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the tools. And there's something really important that I say in this, which is at a lot of points in in a discussion like that, somebody would come along and say to you, so this is the definition of intimacy. And what I say in the webinar is I'm not going to tell you what intimacy is, but Hmm. I'm going to give you the tools to explore and become an expert in intimacy in your relationship. That's what we're talking about. And I, I trust we, we just put this we York York and I uh, went to the expanded orgasm workshop this this week. And it was the best workshop, you know, I've I've attended a lot of John D's workshop. It was one of the best your knowledge and the experience that you gain more and more with the years and your understandings that you talk about on the show really comes across in a workshop that you do. So the fact that a webinar can give the first understand or the intro into what you do with helping helping couples to build intimacy. But there's even more than that because in about two or three weeks' time, and we'll have the date out on all our social media feeds this week, we are going to do an expanded orgasm lesson in the studio. And then the week mm. after that, we are going to do a live expanded orgasm with Tamar. <laughs> Shh. My mother must be listening. <laughs> Yeah. That's your problem. That's my problem. Yeah. Always I say to people, I don't know if you should listen, but this is something we're going to talk about because this is the most vulnerable thing I've ever, I'm going to do in my life. So beautiful and so powerful. Amazing. But the reason I do it is because I want men and women around the world to just know how much gifts, how many possibilities, how much it opens in a person's heart to do those amazing things. So yeah, there we go. So we wish you all so much pleasure. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks, Jan. Thank you, bye. <laughs> this is CliffCentral.com.